it's another episode of the plunge uh i am joined uh you know i'm obviously dan and sam is here and rachie's back with us rachie how are you and welcome back to the podcast i'm good uh i appreciate you guys having me on outside of black history month so that we can prove that my participation is not tokenism i really appreciate it no, we want to have you on for more than just, you know, a sort of liberal representation purposes because we value your ideas and that that is not sarcasm because we value your ideas especially on a topic as I, I, this Black Mirror episode, the first one of the new season, I feel like it was tearing people apart. It, th there was there was a lot of opinions going around since it came out. No, for sure. Uh, I, I saw so many takes on it and obviously screenshots with some key dialogue that I had to I had to tune in and see what it was for myself. So yeah, Rachel and I watched it and we have a lot of thoughts on like some of the weird stuff going on in this episode. So Dan, do you want to recount a little bit of the plot for us? So to set the scene a bit, we have uh, Danny and Carl, two friends. Uh, it seems like the opening is like a short, like, uh, you know, prologue almost, where Danny was played by Anthony Mackie. So it's almost like he's already too recognizable for this show, right? It, it's like, it's it was hard for me to dissociate. Anthony Mackie's sort of like, you know, he's what the Falcon guy in Captain America. Yeah, he's literally Falcon um, in the Avengers and Captain America. He's like Captain America's black sidekick, which um, is important for him to have because it proves he's not racist because he's literally from like the 1940s. So in the Avengers universe, Anthony Mackie as Falcon um, is just kind of like a character that Captain America hangs out with to prove that he uh, is not a segregationist like Joe Biden. Right. Now, Joe Biden is really killing it on the campaign trail. He's doing so well that they keep pulling back in the amount of events he does. Because <laughs> the idea with, I love that the idea with Biden is he's so far ahead that we need to keep him like cordoned off like this the pig at the state fair you know right because he, he is like a professional athlete for losing elections and definitely losing primaries so he's going to i mean they just don't want him to blow his lead like it, him being out of the limelight is the best possible thing for his campaign Rachie, i'm actually curious for your take on the elizabeth warren versus bernie discourse because People were shitting on Bernie the other day for saying basically that it's kind of important that the corporate wing of the Democratic Party seems to be circling its wagons for Elizabeth Warren. Like, how are we to see that? I mean, I saw that on Twitter. Chrissy Teigen responded to that tweet of Bernie's Ugh. saying that, like, this is why people don't like you. And my thing is, I really sincerely worry for the people that believe that Chrissy Teigen is A, funny, or B, smart. Like, sh like imagine building your political views off of the word of a model who is famous for fucking John Legend. Like, that's it. Like, she's not even a Tyra Banks who's, like, had her own crazy reality shows or anything. She's just like, I was a failed model. I fucked John Legend. And now I talk about politics on Twitter. And, like, she's getting tons of likes on her replies to Bernie Sanders about him being like, I'm not the corporate choice. And when people are like, oh, you're super privileged, it's so interesting that you're telling this old Jewish man that you don't agree that you need to pay more taxes. And she's like, you're acting like a child. I'm Chrissy Teigen, like a major Democratic voice. How dare you speak to me this way? You're a Twitter celebrity. Like, you're Logan Paul with maybe bigger boobs. I, I don't get it. Logan Paul does have large breasts, though. No, I, I, I think that that whole discourse is just like put a drill in your head because like we're just repeating 2016 in different ways but 
I think what was most annoying about the Chrissy Teigen way was the way she kind of caricatured the Bernie bro uh, thing, you know, saying basically like, you know, you're Bernie. I like you, but your fans are so annoying. They, they turn me off. It's like, is politics just like, I mean, what is it to you? Is it, is it that like meaningless that your views would be changed by some guy tweeting at you about like, you know, like mild criticism? It's just like, I don't know. I think that Bernie can win without a lot of these sort of liberal celebrities. And let's be real. Bernie has got Danny DeVito and Danny Glover. I think he's okay. So either way, going back to the plot of Striking Vipers, this atrocious episode of Black Mirror. Oh, yeah, we're talking about that. <laughs> either way. Um, so as you said, the it begins with like this sequence. It shows the young, I guess, Danny, the young, his, his girlfriend at the time, who later becomes his wife, Theo, played by Nicole Bahari, and then his friend Carl, who is played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Uh, very important to Rachel and I because he played Black Manta in uh, Aquaman, the um, just fucking amazing movie that ended out 2018. Yeah, it's really fun to picture the character of Carl as Black Manta from Aquaman, just a sexually frustrated black seaman um, stuck on the shores trying to get his rocks off any way that he can. And I just also wanted to point out that the casting of Nicole Bahari as someone who eventually is supposed to be seen as a frumpy wife is so ridiculous because she's known as one of the most beautiful women on the planet. She was the star of Sleepy Hollow. She's known for being a beautiful woman, but her characterization in this episode is completely against type in a way that just isn't believable. Like when Beyonce was in Obsessed and was playing like a frumpy housewife that her husband could conceivably cheat on. Didn't she kill the crazed stalker Beyonce in Obsessed with like the chandelier? That's going to have to be like a bonus episode because I actually made Sam watch Obsessed. I've and seen we it. have some oh. nuclear takes on it. It's it's an amazing film. We need to watch it together. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. And we'll definitely do an episode on that because there's a lot going on. Okay, so either way, we start this episode. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> we start this episode with a scene from the characters' younger days. They're in a dance club. Um, this is where we get some basic characterization. Danny and Theo, his later wife, do this kind of like role play as quote unquote strangers. Like they pretend to be strangers with one another, pretend like they don't know each other, despite the fact that they actually do. And, um, this is like really almost beyond later on her becoming kind of a frumpy wife this is like the only real characterization we get of Theo. But either way, after like they go to the club or whatever, da Carl, I believe, is supposed to be like Danny's roommate or something. And so they all go back to the apartment, you know, Danny and Theo make love. And then Carl wants to play a video game, like a fighting kind of street fighter sort of style game called striking vipers with danny and uh you know like they're getting into the game and theo makes kind of wise cracks about like how how into it they are they're like you she's like you connect so well over that video game i will say like one thing that stood out to me instantly is the just awful dialogue in this it's just very bland and I don't know. It seems like they kind of tried to write the dialogue as if like black people are saying it, but when they read it, it just doesn't, I don't know. I feel like the, the, whoever wrote this didn't have a good sense of how it was going to sound oh, when the characters say it, if that makes sense. You know what it reminds me of? Uh, that same phenomenon, like Dave Chappelle in a star is born. It was very much like, Oh God, a white guy wrote this character. <laughs> well, we will, we will also discuss a star is born because we all have thoughts about that. But um, either way, so they're playing video games, whatever. So we fast forward 11 years. Danny and Theo are married and they have a kid. And they have this like also like palatial home in what looks like the Hollywood Hills or something. Like they're upper middle class or whatever. Um, they're having a barbecue for Danny's birthday. And Carl, who apparently Danny has not seen in like years, 
shows up and gives him a copy of Striking Vipers, but like the new updated version of Striking Vipers. Uh, and, you know, they talk about how they have not seen each other for years. The first thing that like should stand out to you is like, okay, we're fast forwarding 11 years, but he explicitly says, like Carl explicitly says when he gives the copy of Striking Vipers to Danny, that he can play it on the same console that he played 11 years prior. He just needs to get like a new plugin for the VR attachment, which I mean, we'll get into the technical aspects of this that make no sense later, but come on, like a video game console lasts like a few years. On a hardware level, that's not how these systems are replaced. Yeah, I just also wanted to mention that in the beginning, like the flashback part of the episode, in addition to the horrible dialogue that Sam mentioned, they have just horrible, horrible wigs completely unconvincing wigs that are just used to convey that like time has passed the black actors have different hair now but like come on just terrible wigs and on top of that like one of the only things we know about theo before it jumps forward 11 years when they're role-playing as strangers is that she turns to her future husband danny and literally says i love role-playing and like she's portrayed as like very sexually adventurous Right. And uh, I mean, the, the, you're spot on with the wigs, like the, the dread wig that Carl is wearing, which obviously just signifies that he's younger in the previous flashback. And that later on when he has like neatly, you know, cut hair that he has, you know, grown 11 years, but the, the wig is very unbelievable. Oh, I had to rewind to make sure sh- I had to be like, Oh, is that the dreadlocks guy? <laughs> I, I, I had no idea. Okay, either way, so Carl shows up, he gives him the copy of Striking Vipers, which miraculously somehow plays on the same console that Danny still has. And Carl talks a little bit about how he has been like promiscuous after his breakup with someone he had been involved with for a while. He's dating like a much younger woman. And uh, at one point, Danny is like, put that picture of that woman away. My wife is here. I'm like, she's not naked in the picture or anything. Like, you're, he's upset that his wife's going to find out like his friend dates or something. Not literally that his friend is on like Bumble. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's- his like single friend who we established is not in a relationship. Like, how dare he? I don't know look at attractive women it was very bizarre and i think it like was part of the episode trying to portray these guys as super horny for just doing normal things like i'm single i want to see what women are also single on a nap in that sense it felt very much like the present because i felt like it was trying to comment on the sort of ravenous like app culture i don't know the whole thing with like I don't know if you would like show your bro that you haven't seen in like 10 years, just these like scantily clad pics. I, 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 I don't know. Well, I think it's funny. Um, he, they show a little bit of Carl on the date with the younger woman and he is just so upset and distraught at the fact she t- that she doesn't know who Dennis Rodman is. I, I, I was, I was like this scene, it was the perfect reference to convey that. Because, like, he was distraught. So, either way, so that, like, they're setting up, you know, Danny is in this, like, sort of, you know, stable, but, like, somewhat lifeless marriage with Theo. And Carl is unfulfilled because he's dating this much younger woman who doesn't know who Dennis Rodman is, and that's very upsetting to him for some reason. That is the characterization. Either way, Danny is, like, they show a scene where it's after the barbecue and Theo is like, Danny, are you going to, can you have sex with me so that I can produce a child? Cause they want to have another child. And Danny's like unenthused. So he goes and plays his video game. And the, this is one of the weirdest fucking things in this entire episode. He is playing like, you know, this is like in black mirror near future. Everything's like a little more technologically advanced than what we have today. But what is he playing on his like near future video game console, which actually is the same fucking video game console he had 11 years earlier. He's playing Tetris. Like, <laughs> why would you play Tetris on a console? <laughs> Yeah, there's no real reason why, like, you know, especially when you have, like, VR kind of shit that you would be playing Tetris alone, I mean, on, like, a, you know, huge TV. It doesn't make a ton of sense, but 
hey, this is Black Mirror where technology gets creepy, right? So either way, um, Carl or Danny, while he is playing Tetris on his console, uh, having the time of his life, gets an invitation from Carl to play Striking Vipers X, the you know new and updated VR version of the fighting game that they played when they were younger. And he accepts, and there's a kind of scene where they're like exploring the mechanics of the game. You know, Danny's like, wow, I can jump really high and all this shit. Carl is playing like a blonde kind of anime girl. I guess kind of indicative of like the female characters you get in um in, in like Street Fighter and stuff like that. Danny is playing this like standard kind of just like Asian man like Ryu from Street Fighter or something. Yeah, and at one point while they're in the fighting game, Carl's character, the uh, blonde Asian woman Roxette, he says like, oh, the game mimics all physical sensations in real life. And then he punches Danny's character really hard. So it establishes a baseline where we're supposed to think that there are some real life physical sensations tied to what you do in the game. Right, there's... I guess this sort of sense that your actual body outside of the VR is feeling the sensations that, you know, the character that you inhabit's body uh, within the VR is feeling. Yeah, I I couldn't quite figure this out. I'm leaning on the interpretation that it basically, the VR, like, sends you into an astral projection, more or less. Like, you are your consciousness is projected into the game where you inhabit like an avatar that, and you feel all the sensations that that avatar feels, which, you know, obviously seems like it could get weird. So, and and as we see of when we see scenes of their bodies, like while they're sitting and playing the game, they go like completely limp and their eyes like roll back into their head. So it's almost like, I would actually almost say that the body doesn't feel any of it. It's almost like all mind sensations, but they've, the technology somehow replicates it into an avatar so that you can, you feel like you're actually feeling it. And it's highly realistic. So either way, like you said, they start fighting, you know, Roxette versus the, I guess the, you know, bland Asian man character that Danny's playing. Yeah. Fake Ryu. And they, it takes like 10 seconds for them (laughs) to just start like making out. Yo, I was like, I had to, again, I looked down at my phone, and then I was like, oh, something happened. I rewound it. I was like, I had to keep rewinding this one. Um, and I was I was like, it's probably sooner than we got to it in this episode. It happened in the, in the Black Mirror episode. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it just went back to the characterization of Danny and Carl, the two black men, as like hypersexualized, super horny guys. Like, you haven't seen your friend in 11 years. The only thing you can bond over is showing him hot babes that you're trying to get with on Tinder. Like, it's ridiculous. And as soon as they start playing a fighting game that they used to enjoy when they were younger, 11 years ago, like, they used to have a ton of fun playing the game just for fighting. But as soon as, like, it's possible that sex is like within the realm of what you can do with the game. They immediately start like exploiting that fact. Yeah. And and apparently the sex is good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So first like they, so they make out, but then like Danny gets weirded out and he quits and, but then he like is kind of turned. We were led to believe he's kind of turned on by it because he somehow finds the courage within him to like have sex with his disgusting wife, you know, procreative sex with his wife. And uh, either way, so another thing I noticed with this is that the graphics in the game are just absolute trash beyond like the VR component. It looks like a PS2 very game. GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that both of the systems we said were from the same mid two thousands generation. <laughs> Big time. No, like the mid-2000s lives on in the graphics in this. But either way, Carl convinces Danny to play again. And Danny accepts, but under the condition that, like, oh, this time we're just going to fight and play the game for real. But, like, on sight, they see one another and then just go for yeah, it I and, like, like, have oh, fucking the, sex. I was like, what? They both went in just being like, oh, yeah, we're fucking, right? <laughs> no, they did, but they said that they weren't going to. <laughs> I, I want to make it clear, like, 
we're not laughing at the gay sex part of it. That's not that's not what's funny about it at all. It's really this I guess this idea that that this video game could satisfy your like orgasmic urges better than your extremely hot wife. Yeah, I, thank you for bringing up how hot Nicole Bahari is because the entire like crux of this episode is like if you could choose between having sex with Nicole Bahari, one of the most beautiful women to ever walk the earth, like Google her and you'll understand. But instead of doing that, you're married to her. You've locked that puss down for life. Like that's all for you. And instead, th that's not enough for you. Why? Because you're a black guy who like has who is just like coded as insatiable sexually. Like it's insane. It's 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 so crazy the way that this episode like creates all of these hurdles between Theo and her husband just having sex because she's gorgeous and he's okay looking. Like it's crazy. Not to mention the sex, I feel like, wouldn't fulfill the biological need for sex, like the actual physical aspect of sex. Because as we kind of described, it's like an astral projection. It's like all mental. You, and I don't see that he like comes or even gets hard in real life. So it doesn't have like a biological or physical component. It's purely mental. So what, what is he just like super backed up afterwards or something? Like, I don't get I it. I remember, Sam, when you and I were watching it together, like in the scenes where like, this is gross, but trying to watch for like, did he come in his pants? Like, how good does it make you feel in real life off of virtual fucking? And like, we didn't see that he orgasmed in real life. The only scene that we got was that like, he got kind of hard and then had sex with his wife after. But like, it somehow is so good that real life sex becomes not as good. So basically, it's a blue ball wet dream. <laughs> where he doesn't come but it's more satisfying than sex with his extremely beautiful wife yeah like unprotected raw dogging with nicole bahari to get her pregnant like that's not good enough for him but and also like the first time when he just kisses the guy when he just kisses carl he thinks about it later and it makes him hard and he wants to have sex. So like, why wouldn't he just like have sex in the game and then think about it and then like get hard and have sex in real life? I don't know. Either way, the mechanics of this don't make any sense. We can get into that like a little later. So continue with the plot, the Danny and Carl, like, start a relationship over striking vipers this strains the sexual relationship between theo and danny as we described um as they are trying to conceive and uh it also like they show a scene where carl is like unable to orgasm with his like young hot girlfriend or whatever because he's just thinking about striking vipers or whatever um either way it culminates in like danny forgetting his wife's his anniversary with his wife. And then at the anniversary dinner, Theo shows up early. She like a man hits on her. She kind of realizes that she can have like her own sex, sex out of, you know, the relationship. And I think she also assumes that the reason Danny doesn't want to have sex with her is because he's having an affair, which is like, I guess partially true. Like if you consider this like, you know, virtual reality sex, you know, an affair, but either way, she berates Danny for his lack of sexual interest in her. Danny takes a break from striking vipers and finally like impregnates his disgusting wife. And after this, like she is kind of oblivious to the falling out between Carl and Dan Danny and Carl's been messaging him the whole time. So she invites him over for dinner, not knowing their history. And that's when like shit gets very real in the episode. I love when Carl receives the message from Theo and he's just like throws his phone across his apartment. He's just like, no, I've got to go to like a dinner party with this guy I've been fucking in the Japanese video game. Yeah. Like Theo's characterization, the wife is very confusing. Like, so we, we, one of my 
I think the only true science fiction part of this episode for me, because like VR exists in real life, was when um, super hot Theo is like, oh, maybe you're not interested in me, Danny, because I've had a baby and my body doesn't look as good. And then it cuts to a scene of Nicole Bahari, like in her bra, like looking at herself in the mirror. And it's like, uh, uh, what? So we're supposed to believe that this woman, like, again, she's very hot. I'm sorry if I'm too horny on Maine for this, but like this beautiful woman, beautiful by Hollywood standards is like pretending that her husband might not be interested in IRL sex with her because she's ugly. And then like later when she invites Danny over to dinner, it's like she somehow convinced him to get her pregnant. And we're supposed to believe that like, this is something that's hard Mm -hmm. for an extremely beautiful woman to convince a man who plays Captain America's black sidekick to get her pregnant. It's, I, I, I don't have words. So he becomes this sort of impotent, uh, you know, in the real world person. She is obviously unsatisfied sexually. And then that is the context for this convergence where Carl is... Suddenly at their apartment for a dinner party. And, uh, you know, it goes about, what, you know, it's about what you'd expect, so, yeah. right? I, during the dinner party, there's a point at which, you know, they're all playing nice. But then, like, Theo gets up and Carl and Danny take the, the you know, their privacy to talk about their relationship. And that's when Carl reveals that... Because, he, like, Danny has not been willing to have sex with him on Striking Vipers. And Carl is, like, really into it, I should also mention. Carl plays as a woman in the game. He plays as Roxette. And he has, like, a, mo- uh, you know, a bit where he describes how it's way better to experience sex from the female side. How it feels better than, like, you know, having sex as a man. And... He talks about how in at the dinner party, he talks about how like he's been trying to find someone else on Striking Vipers who pleases him the way Danny does. And he, of course, like the memeable moment of this is when he says, I even had sex with Tundra, the polar bear character. And the line specifically is like, <laughs> I fucked a polar bear and I still couldn't get you out of my mind. If that isn't the most romantic line in the history of Black Mirror, I don't know what is. Like, Dan and any other single guys on the market, update your Tinder bio to, I fucked a polar bear, and I still couldn't get you out of my mind. Yeah, it's funny, you know, for a show that from the first episode featured the Prime Minister fucking a pig. <laughs> Good times. Uh, very realistic. Made me super horny. So either way, they have they have their fight, and um, if, if, obviously it's like a legendary moment. But then, like Danny goes decides to go back on striking vipers and meet up with Carl. And when they're they like then they decide that they want to meet up in real life and see if they are like sexually attracted to one another. Yeah, and the thing that was so interesting for me about the dinner party scene is they're talking explicitly about their sexual VR relationship while the wife is just going to get dessert, like, over 30 seconds. She's literally just popping into the kitchen to bring out another dish, and they think this is an appropriate time to talk in graphic details about their sexual relationship that they've been having together. And when um, Carl is leaving the dinner party... Theo is like, boys are so awkward. Give each other a hug. And then we see the most sexually charged hug ever. And then, like, uh, Carl is whispering in Danny's ear, like, oh, you got to get on Striking Vipers so you can feel my tight, wet puss. And then um, because he's super horny, Danny can't resist. Right. So either way, he goes back on. They But they, like, have this chat where they're like, we should see if we want to do this in real life. So... This is, like, one of the stupidest things that happens in the episode by far. They, like, meet up in real life, and they start kissing. And then they get mad at each other because they said they're just, like, so homophobic. that, And they start fighting one another. And there's just, like, so much about this that makes no fucking sense to me. Number one, the ridiculousness of, like, being so homophobic that you're homophobic <laughs> against, like, yourself or, like, the person you're trying to have sex with. Very interesting. Uh 
And the other thing that makes is so confusing about this is that in the video game they don't have homosexual sex. They they have heterosex. Like it's a <laughs> Danny plays a man and Carl plays a woman. So why would they like take that experience and be like, well, I guess this means we should have gay sex in real life? It's just this is not how people think about sex. <laughs> it was in keeping in line with the episode's kind of theme that black men are like hypersexual and like insatiable sexually because we have these two characters who have been fucking each other like crazy in VR. They meet each other in real life. They try to kiss and then they end up fighting. They're just like completely driven by sex. Like their primary motivation for everything, violence, relationships, it's just like getting off. I definitely feel like there's some sort of comment being made by the filmmakers about our society's uh, reliance on uh, pornography, uh, you know, streaming pornography. uh, uh, And the stark contrast that the episode takes, like, after they realize that they're not attracted to each other as men, I guess, uh, is kind of interesting because... I don't know. To me, that was kind of played for like laughs. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of hard to tell like what the episode is saying about, I guess, because there are some themes you can look into on this. Like, uh, does, is this like an LGBTQ story because it's like alternative sexuality, like gender fluidity, but they also filter it through, you know, the technological aspect. There's just like maybe a li- maybe like they bit off a little bit more than they could chew, and they kind of played up some stereotypes about black male sexuality, and also, you know, I, I think it's just kind of hacky and ham-handed the way they like try to symbolize all the things that you described earlier, and I don't know, th- like. The the ending of this is even dumber than I can like possibly describe. So it, during the fight with Carl, Danny gets arrested because like I guess even in uh, you know Black Mirror days we still have like p- police who are racist. Either way, uh, Theo ends up bailing him out and he tells her about the virtual relationship that he's been having with Carl. So he strikes a like a deal with Theo, which is that. Once per year, Danny will fuck Carl in um, in Striking Vipers. I want to say it's on his birthday. Yes, it's, I think you're right. I think it's on his birthday. He gets to fuck Carl in Striking Vipers, and Theo gets to go out to a bar and like pick up a random man to have sex with. Hey, relationships are about compromise. <laughs> Yeah, I saw some takes that this was like um, an examination of bisexuality, but it's not. They're not bisexual in real life. There are two men where one of them plays as a woman in VR and then they have sex as two men in real life. And I believe sexuality is based on real life, not on what you do in video games like I don't know if I'm weird for that, but they're not bisexual. Okay. I also feel like maybe this is maybe this is completely wrong. I don't like know for sure, but it's almost like saying if you watch gay porn and get off to gay porn, then you're totally gay. I feel right. like that's that's the binary that this episode is looking at. Yeah, it cripples Danny's ability to have real life heterosexual sex with his wife. The fact that he's having like relations with a man in VR. So it it's not like it's something where he's attracted to men and his wife. He can only fuck in the video game to the detriment of his real life sexy wife. Right. And I think maybe this could be like seen as pro, I don't know, polyamory. Cause I guess at the end of the day, Danny and his wife do this kind of compromise for polyamory, but I mean, for Carl, this sucks ass because Carl was, like, going nuts without getting to have sex with Danny and was, like, fucking polar bears and shit. What does he do the exact... What does he do the rest of the year when he, like, doesn't get to have sex with Danny? He's just out of the... He's just, like, out on the town, like, looking for polar bears to pick up, I guess. But He's on OkCupid searching for people who've heard of Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, the most important thing in a relationship. But... 
either way, like, like it, it tries to take on these kinds of uh, issues of like sexuality and like gender fluidity and whatever. But really, I found what I got from this episode was like a lot of kind of weird stereotypes about like black men and their sexuality. <laughs> Yeah, that is unavoidable as you watch this to to not notice how I mean the really like especially the uh scenes where they're talking about how the sex feels like how he's just asks uh Danny asks Carl to describe uh, I believe when they're in the game to describe what it feels like to have a a vagina or like to be a woman and to orgasm as a woman. And he's like, he says something like it's, it's like the whole world is inside. It's like, he says it's like a symphony and that having sex as a man is just like a guitar solo. And the way that Carl describes um, sex in the game, like you brought up, Dan, it's not about his gender identity, like he feels more in tune with being a woman. It's because he just thinks that female orgasms are more intense. And it just feels like every time that there's an opportunity for a nuanced uh, discussion of sexuality, it just turns into all these characters are super horny and they want to fuck more than within the confines of the relationship. Because even when Danny is talking to Carl, like, why do you always choose to be a woman? It has nothing to do with, like, I feel more in tune with, like, my feminine energy. He's like, oh, I can come harder as a woman. Like, all of these characters, including the wife, just are not having enough sex within relationships and go looking for it um, elsewhere. And that's why I think like, even with the polyamory argument, I don't think that's accurate because it's not these characters that have nuanced sexual desires that they discuss and set boundaries with each other. It's just three main characters who are so horny that they can't just stick to sex within the confines of a traditional relationship. Yeah. And it kind of also brings up this stereotype about, like black men always being like on the DL, like on the down low, um, that they're duplicitous or like, you know, stereotypes about like black men having second families. Like they're never, they never get to be like family men. They're always seen as having these like unrestrained sexual urges or like lying to their wives and all this stuff. Yeah. And in the cases of both um, Danny and Carl, they're both like using their sexuality in a way that's harmful to the women in their lives. They're not being honest about what they're doing. They're not being honest about what they're into. And what's so interesting is that Theo in the flashback scene says that she's into role playing. She's into like pretending to be different people. But when her husband, Danny, discovers this, he never wants to explore it with his wife. He immediately goes into exploring it in VR with his friend, Danny. And I think it goes back to Sam's point. Sorry, Carl, his friend, Carl, of Sam's point of like black men's sexuality being stereotypically portrayed as on the down low and as a secret is because even when you have a female partner who's into foreplay, um, and role play you never think to explore it with her you think to explore it only in ways that are violent in a fighting video game and in ways that don't include her because black men can never be faithful yeah not to mention also like the pathologization of like the you know stereotypical like gender wars marriage between theo and danny like it's like a mix it's like stepper stepford wives sort of shit or i don't know um it was something about like the conformity of like housewives, but at the same time, it's also like both of them are sexually frustrated. And that's like the central issue in their marriage. Actually for every character in this, in this episode, their main conflict is that they are sexually unfulfilled. And I guess let's close out this discussion of this episode of black mirror. I, wanna i want to just i guess bring it back to this idea that i feel like the ultimate idea was to comment on like porn addiction and i don't think it stuck the landing at all no and i mean they're gonna make this kind of you know like sex robots are like already being made there's like a whole industry behind this 
as soon as they figure out how to make VR sex where it is, I guess, just like an astral projection and you lose your sense of body, which is replaced by your, you know, sense of, I guess, having virtual sex or whatever. But as soon as they can do that, they will do that. But I was also, the last thing I want to say is that the game, beyond the fact that it's like on the same console that was released 11 years prior or something, um, the game makes no fucking sense because how would you, how is this designed? Like they came up with this technology where you can do this insane astral projection virtual reality. And they're like, let's make a fighting game. Okay, if you can feel everything, why would you want to be in a fighting game? It would be painful. Even if you won, you would have, you would probably still like take damage. You'd have like the shit beat out of you to a degree. And it just doesn't seem enjoyable. But as a as a bug in this game, or maybe as an Easter egg, you can also like fuck. And it takes like ten seconds for the main characters to have to realize they can do this. I would say that Carl gives the video game to Danny in the first place with the intention of having sex with him. And Carl clearly knows how to navigate this world of having sex and striking vipers because he later talks about how, you know, during the dinner party, how when Danny left him in the game, he went on to like join orgies and he met all these people and his sex with the polar bear or whatever. I mean, like what, in what universe does this game exist? Who created it for what purpose? It, and like, what are some other games that are on this platform where you get to have this insane astral project? Like, I just, none of it really makes sense to me. Yeah, it's like it's like how uh, in Grand Theft Auto uh, you were able to find the hot coffee Easter egg where you got to, like, fucking control. <laughs> I think it was in uh, Vice City or San Andreas. You got to control the protagonist's. Uh, just having sex with a woman and uh you know there was a huge uproar about that so in this future universe someone just threw in this thing Uh, and like this would be like such like front page news yeah like with san andreas grand theft auto at least that's rated m for mature this is a game that is advertised as fighting with an easter egg of fucking so ostensibly you know, it's got Danny's a fucking polar kid. bear character. Yeah, Danny's kid could put on the VR console, go on, play as a polar bear because that's cool, trying to fight, and then get fucked. Yeah, it, there's two things. There's number one, like the the culture wars shit would go would descend on this within like ten seconds. You'd have like every one of these conservative shitheads talking about how this was ruining society. But number two. Couldn't you plausibly, like, this is so dark, but couldn't you plausibly, like, rape people in the game? Like, it's a fighting game. So what? You beat them down and subdue them, and then, like, you can play against anybody. Surprise! Like, there's this other feature that they didn't tell you about. And, like, very weird. It just just doesn't... How would would this exist in reality? There's a frightening thought, and... What else can you do? If you can fuck, can you like cannibalize? Can you, uh, can you d- put bleach inside the polar bear's do asshole? They get pregnant? Can you take Plan B? Does the polar bear give you an abortion by ripping the baby out of your womb with its claws? Can you take the uh, you know Ryu clone to a nice seafood dinner? <laughs> And then cut him in half and sew him to a polar bear below the waist. And I'm just thinking, like, is there jizz in the game? Like, does, you know, do they animate it in? Like, these these game designers are real pervs. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, there's no way, in my, in my calculus, if you were to have, like, the game be a fighting game, but you could also fuck it, like, why wouldn't people just only use it to fuck? <laughs> like, it doesn't sound that fun as a fighting game because you get the shit beat out of you. It sounds a lot more fun as a fucking game, but it also has these extremely dark implications that we went into. But I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, it's just like I see what they're trying to do here. They're trying to talk about all these like hot button issues of sexuality, gender identity, and, you know, the role of technology and sex. But. At the end of the day, this was just such a bizarre watch. And honestly, like the from a technical aspect, just the dialogue on this, the like 
the terrible graphics in the game, the bizarre set design, like the the man cave apartment that Carl lives in is just <laughs> it was all so weird. Yeah, it reminded Carl. me of the uh, apartment from her. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's ex- that's what this is like. That's that, that's like the closest. But even in her, they came up with kind of a more realistic mechanism for how like quote unquote sex would work between a real person and the operating software was in this it's just there's just so many plot holes and I mean you know it is sci-fi you need like a willing suspense of disbelief but Black Mirror is supposed to be like scarily realistic or prescient and this is just not like I just can't see this ever happening in real life and at least in her the main character was attracted to Scarlett Johansson's voice. It's revealed in the episode that you hear the other player's real voice because Carl is like, oh, there was this Danish guy, but I couldn't deal with his accent. So you're hearing your friend's real voice having sex and coming in your ear, not Scarlett Johansson. But then it was even more confusing because when they're in those scenes where they're in the in the video game, their voices do change. But then later on, yeah, uh, Carl does mention that one of the guys he had sex with had a weird accent. I'm just, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. My only thinking is that it would be too gross to like actually hear Anthony Mackie and Yahya Abdul-Mateen being like, oh, uh, 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 yeah, even in the context of the video game. And that's why, yeah, and that's why they make it through the avatars. But it's just like they're trying to examine black men's sexuality, but they don't include any scenes of the actual black male actors having sex or being sexual. It's always their avatars. Well... Let's wrap it up here and say maybe this episode's worth a watch, but ultimately, you know, I, 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 I like we said, I think it, I think it failed in, in its goal. I mean, the the iconic line about, you know, I fucked a polar bear and I still can't get you out of my mind. Extremely romantic. True. Um. Okay. While we're on the subject of romance, before we end this episode, I need us to talk about A Star is Born for a second. Tell me something, Dan. Are you tired of being so Uh, hardcore? I I didn't realize that uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga had entered the the plunge recording (laughs) studio. And uh, Sam Elliott. (laughs) And uh, of Dice Clay, Hickory Dickory Lady Gaga, suck my dick, even though you're my daughter. Uh, Are you doing some Dice Clay right now? (laughs) Yeah. Either way. Oh, my God. Okay, so, Dan, what do do you want to discuss regarding A Star is Born? Well, we only have a few minutes here because I, you know, I want to keep this episode to a reasonable length. But I don't know. in what world is a country star recognizable to the audience at both a drag bar, a cop bar, like and like a rock crowd? Explain that one. That was my biggest problem with A Star is Born, which otherwise I think it was a good movie. And also I want to say like L- Lady Gaga's vocal performances in this are just fucking unreal. Like her her initial performance of La Vie and Rose when like you know, Bradley Cooper discovers her at the drag bar is, is just genuinely amazing. And I think it's very good, but Bradley Cooper's character just makes really no sense to me because he is like, like you said, a country rock singer, but he's not like a Nashville country singer. He's not like Brad Paisley or like something like that. He is like a blues rocker. Like uh, he's from Arizona and he just like, in, I, I don't know. I just don't like I didn't have a, a clear analog of like who he is in our timeline. I kept it, it almost was so jarring that it like made me think this was on like a different timeline where I don't know, like JFK nuked the Russians and I, like he we have like space aliens walking among us or something. It was just it seemed very odd and hard to place. Alec Baldwin hosting Saturday Night Live was a bridge too far. <laughs> I couldn't spe- suspend my disbelief anymore. Yeah, and for me, like, going off Sam's point, I feel like Lady Gaga's character, Allie, was a very clear analog for Lady Gaga, who did make the journey from unknown to superstar in real life. 
based off of her vocal talent and all of her performances in the film. Like I found myself being like, if I could just fast forward all the scenes where she's not singing and just watch Lady Gaga singing, that would be amazing because like, I have not been a Gaga fan for a while, unfortunately. And I remember reading about this movie when Beyonce was supposed to be playing Lady Gaga's role. And now that I've seen it, I'm like, Beyonce was 100% wrong for this part. This story is she only She would have believable. been romantically involved with Clint Eastwood in that Oh iteration. my God, yeah. Disgusting. Completely disgusting. Like the most believable part of the whole movie is that Lady Gaga's character, Allie, becomes a star because she's so talented. And with Bradley Cooper's character, um, who's the like country music superstar from Arizona, it's just not applicable to today's music landscape. Like if you're solely a country star, you're not necessarily a crossover star that can make someone else's career in a different genre. Not to mention make her career by going viral on YouTube with a new song. Yeah, because that's what really threw me was... Like, this is not, like, a retro movie at all. This is supposed to be in the modern day and age. So it made it even harder for me to contextualize Bradley Cooper's character. Yeah, and I will say I really like the movie. I thought it, I, I it would have been so easy for it to be extremely shitty. But I, I was honestly blown away by Lady Gaga's performance. Me too. And I thought Bradley Cooper pulled it off as well, and I thought his directing was pretty impressive, uh, especially those like concert footage. I thought they did really well, like the close-ups, and how you know he's really just like a drunk, like you know. I think the movie shows that you know it, it, it's like the classic American tale of like you know the entertainment industry just spitting you out. Um, but with a brief magical Negro interlude with Dave Chappelle where Bradley Cooper briefly gets his life together. Yes, and Chappelle says bro a lot, <laughs> which feels unnatural for Chappelle. But I I just felt like that whole scene, the whole purpose of it was just to be like, I know he's a country singer, but don't worry, he's got a black friend. <laughs> Yeah, he literally wakes up like pat after like a bender on Chappelle's lawn, and um, Dave Chappelle's family's like cooking him br like breakfast, and Dave Chappelle is dispensing like you know v just various wisdom of like non sequiturs or whatever. And um, no, it just definitely like he also I guess Dave Chappelle's character also alluded to the idea that you know Bradley Cooper had done this a bunch of times that this is like a regular thing for him, and I was just like. So you ha what you have this like magical man just helping you through life, and, and of course it also has no bearing on the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, Dave Chappelle's advice was like, Bradley, you gotta stop getting drunk every single night. You gotta settle down. And so Bradley Cooper's like, okay, I guess I best better just marry this girl. Like it was just uh, the character of Dave, whoever Dave Chappelle is playing, wasn't really explored beyond like he tells Bradley Cooper what to do to advance the plot. Yeah. And beyond that, you know, the ending and, you know, okay. I don't think we've like kind of gone through like a linear description of the plot. So here I think it is. everyone knows what happens like in the middle part. They've made this movie like four goddamn times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no you know, here. by the, by the end of the movie, uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are married, uh, Bradley Cooper gets hammered at the Grammys. My favorite scene. When uh, Ali is winning her Best New Artist Award, and then he goes up on stage with her, and what happens? He pisses himself real hard. Urine on live TV, folks. And she's like, oh, it's okay, baby. We just got to get up the stage. And it's like, girl, if this is live. People can see, yes. hear, and smell the piss. No, like Ryan Seacrest is like staring <laughs> at your piss right now. And also like the gaggle of press and like just the whole thing when you win a Grammy, like it, it's it's not like you can just like get out of there and like the viralness of it, like if that happened, like let's say Nicole Kidman won an Emmy for Big Little Lies and Keith Urban just went up on stage and 
pissed himself. I mean, they would make me watch the Emmys for the first time in a while. Certainly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, even a piss wouldn't make me watch the Grammys. That shit sucks. No, nobody should ever watch the Grammys. This uh, by far the worst award show. It's like if you ask random senior citizens at the park what they what music they like. But you uh you have uh him going to rehab after that, him getting out of rehab and this ridiculous character of this like British like manager of of Ali basically tells him that like tells Bradley Cooper's character that he's holding her back and like basically like implies to him without saying it that he should kill himself and then he hangs himself in the garage and it's and then at the end the last scene is uh Ali doing a tribute and she like finally calls herself Ali Maine because his name is Jackson Maine. And even though they were married, she only kind of used her first name. And I think the implication is she needed him, uh, her husband, to die in order to achieve stardom, in order to like become her full self as an artist. And I think that it definitely was a glorification of suicide in that way. Also, like. Throughout the movie, they show us how talented Allie is. She's already won a Grammy for Best New Artist. In what world does she need her husband to die for her to have a career? Like, it's crazy. And the way that the British manager agent character is just so, like, callous. and It's such, like, a character. It's such a ridiculous kind of, like... I don't know, spooky archetype of like the darkness of the entertainment industry seeking like profits over your well being, you know? And I just, you know, it, it, was a little, it was a little much. Yeah, I think the evil British manager part was ripped straight from Bohemian Rhapsody, which I'm still like recovering from. Any final thoughts on Stars Born uh, as. You know, as we reach the end of the movie, you know, we've heard a lot of great music, but we've really seen a star die. <laughs> yeah, this is like weird uh, kind of Christ figure narrative, bizarrely, because like what Bradley Cooper has to Jackson Maine has to sacrifice himself for Allie's career or something. I think that's like the plot. I've never seen any of the previous Star is Born movies with like. The one with like Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand or any of the earlier ones. So I might not be the best judge for it, but I don't know. In general, I liked the movie, even though it's delirious and overwrought. It was like a fun blockbuster. Definitely better than like you compare it to Bohemian Rhapsody. And yeah. for me, I think that it's the most successful interpretation because uh, Bradley Cooper is now separated from his supermodel girlfriend. And people are speculating it's because he fell in love with Gaga during filming. And I think this is the only interpretation that has caused the collapse of a supermodel relationship. So A plus Gaga acts her ass off uh, and it's so good it'll make you leave a supermodel. Hey, uh, Hickory Dickory Doc, I, a, a Bradley Cooper, you pissed on yourself in front of my <laughs> daughter. Oh my God, you're, you're just gonna keep doing these Andrew Dice Clay bits until we Very change the subject. As her dad, a subdued, elegant performance from Andrew Dice Clay as Gaga's father. He was brilliant in the movie. I know, right? Apparently, he beat out Robert De Niro and John Travolta. I mean, that makes sense. When uh, when you roll the dice, sometimes you get a good outcome. I don't sometimes know. Sometimes you can really mold it into a, a real a real clay uh, sculpture. Of oh, a oh, I like that. Excellent. All right, let's wrap this one up. Uh, any plugs, anybody? Um, this is Rachie. Follow me on Twitter. I post lots of ASMR vids like this one. Do you want to say? Oh, God. Okay. Do you want to say your handle? Yes. <laughs> My handle is original underscore Tichiba. And uh, I'm at Spaventacular. I do not do ASMR. I do not listen to it. Uh, nor nor do I uh, 
have virtual intercourse when I play Super Smash Brothers. Uh, I, on the other hand, do exclusively have intercourse through like astral projection, virtual reality. So uh, you can follow my my bizarre Twitch stream at. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but you can follow me on Twitter at w a g s t a n k. I think we learned a lot in this one. Absolutely, and. As usual on the plunge, we are accepting of all alternative lifestyles, including, you know, video games, sex characters. But we don't tolerate any of these goofy stereotypes about uh, about black men. So, you know, keep that shit off Netflix, please. All right. Goodbye.